Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more podcasts, visit brumradio.com. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Fashademics with me, Laura Aswick Carter, and Sophie Hillier. Very excited. It's now nine days of Christmas. We cannot wait. I mean, I'm so excited just to have a break. I know you're excited because you go on your honeymoon. Is it tomorrow? Well, you'll be on honeymoon when this comes out. Yes. When this episode comes out, I will be sunning it up in Mauritius, which I'm, I just can't wait. So, yeah. What day is it today? It's officially the 8th, but you'll be listening to this on the 16th. Um, and I'm just recording and I'm going to uh, scoot off after to finish packing because I'm going to fly to Mauritius in the morning. Can't wait. Oh, how delicious. I mean, I'm here as you can wrapped up in a blanket and you're going to be like sunning yourself on a beach, getting your legs out. It's like so cold today. I've literally had my woolly hat on, my thick coat. I've got my Primark leggings on. You know the ones that I've got the um, like the furry the lining. Furry one. Oh yes! Oh, oh my god! I need yeah. a pair. Definitely They're so pair. good. I normally wear them for dog walking. Um, but today I was like, mm, I need these today. Need it's a necessity. It's it yeah, it's needed. So, I'm gonna have to get some thermals. I'm gonna go get some on the weekend then. Do it. I hope everyone's okay. All our listeners have ne- nearly done your Christmas shopping and taken advantage of all the pre-Christmas deals on this by the sixteenth. I've done all mine and I'm already wrapped. Are you? I've not done all of mine yet. I've still got some bits, you know, like little bits. Yeah. Well, we get back on the twenty-first, I think. Um, and I just didn't want to be like wrapping in those kind of days oh, running yeah. up to Christmas. So I thought, get done, get sorted. Can't I mean, wait. what a shock to be in like 30 degree heat and then get off the plane and it's like three days till Christmas and it's freezing. But you'll feel so Christmassy when you get back and like it's all cold and you get all snug and you've had an amazing lovey-dovey honeymoon. Exactly. You know what? You know, normally when you come back off holiday, it's like, uh, but to come back and it'd be like Christmas three days later is pretty epic because I love Christmas. Yeah. So I'm feeling it. Feeling it. So anyway. I'm excited for you. I will send. I'll be flooding my Instagram with photos. So just you. Oh, I know you will. I know you will. I think we are just before we get onto in the know. I think we just want to go back quite quickly to um, the last episode. We did put a little bit of a disclaimer on our Instagram because we obviously record a couple of weeks ahead, or probably about ten days, I suppose. So, and obviously the fashion industry is so fast moving. Like we could literally record, and then the next day something come out that we wanted to talk about. It's really difficult. Um, and our lovely PP is editing for those kind of ten days to get it all ready and as it should be for you guys. Um, um, and obviously a lot of stuff has happened since we spoke about Kanye. Um, so we just we just felt like we wanted to just go back to it because um, at that point, you know, a little bit of a few things had happened. And, you know, we don't applaud or or stand by Kanye in any way, shape or form around like the kind of discriminative, discriminative things that he's said or done. We absolutely do not condone any of those things. You know from our podcast that we are all about diversity, inclusivity, um, uh, and equality um but obviously things move on really quickly we were like oh my god what's he done now but it was a bit of a panic of thinking actually you know it's a difficult one to talk about mental health isn't it and it's not like we're saying you know this is the reason why he says what he says it's not that I mean 
there's a lot as you say there's a lot of things that you said that I'm just like okay that's a bit hard hitting yeah so it's a tricky one and we don't just want to pull the mental health card on Kanye because it's not that yes I think there are obviously elements of mental health problems with him I'm not a mental health expert you're not we can't like you know, professionally diagnosed Kanye in any way, shape, you can't or form. Like yeah. And and we also, like you said, you can't use it as an excuse because some of the things he is saying. I mean, I'm as I said, I mentioned last time. I'm actually going to be writing a research paper because my um, background um, for my research and uh, PhD is fashion and crisis. And I think Kanye's, you know, looking at the Kanye thing now, it's really relevant. It's really interesting what's happening. I mean, interesting from a research perspective, not like I actually think it's amazing. Um, and my PhD supervisor, shout out to Audra, Dr. Audra Diaz Lawson. She's amazing, knows that I'm working on a research project about Kanye. And she sent me a link to a video. Um, and it was an interview with um, Alex Jones. And it was a three hour video that's since been taken down from YouTube. Um, I was able, thanks to my lovely husband, Luca, to download it. And I've saved it on, well, he saved it on some apps somewhere for me to go through and transcribe. But there was lots of, you know, talk about uh, Nazis and Hitler and Jew. Oh, I mean, I, I've, yeah. I've only listened to a snippet. To a snippet. It's removed from YouTube now and rightly yeah, so. Yeah, it is hard to hear. I know exactly what you're saying about the whole Nazi thing. He says, why are we slating them like they've done some good and things like that and it's just awful yeah it's awful it's it's shocking it's hard to understand his point of view I guess it is and you know what everyone has a degree of mental health um issues whether it's kind of more severe or mild or you know it's a lot of people get anxious in, in different levels and it's you know it's one of those things where you say well mental health shouldn't excuse that behavior so you've got to be really careful um because yes I do think he's got problems but some of the things that he's saying are so awful and of course in so much offense to people and so inappropriate um you know I'd happily discuss my mental health issues and I think we probably might get into that a little bit as we're talking about uh one of the topics in, in in the know um but he doesn't excuse people for for being really nasty or horrible about other people it's very very difficult um but yeah we just wanted to say you know things are currently and constantly changing with Kanye and there's always another headline I know today and I'm going to give a a trigger warning here and we'll give a trigger warning warning in the show notes and a trigger warning in our in the notes section we are going to discuss Balenciaga and their campaign so I'm going to give a trigger warning here for paedophilia child abuse um and other issues kind of surrounding that as we talk about let's see August campaign um but yeah so we just wanted to touch on that because we're we're we know we're advocates for everybody but um when other people are being kind of offended and upset we you know we just felt like we needed to kind of touch base on this there is a line line. but anyway moving on to more positivity we are going to scoot over to in the know So, guys, here we go with In The Know, this week's In To Know. I'm really excited to talk about this, actually, because um, it's actually linked back to one of our previous guests that we had on. So, um, Lucianne Tonti, that came on our podcast, um, it must have been last year now, talking about her book and fashion and sustainability. It was a fantastic interview. I saw a post, um, I think it might have been last week, and I sent it to Laura straight away. It was really interesting. Um, It was either something she shared or something she was talking about. And it was something like retail therapy or do you need therapy? And I was like, "Mm, 
interesting and I kind of delved a little bit further and it's the kind of it's about the emotional relationship with shopping and clothing um and how you know we say oh you know retail therapy is you know great way to um you know feel better about your mental health or if you're having a bad day you go and buy something and cheer yourself up but actually the the, the down from that on the other side sometimes is quite bad and actually you shouldn't be you know, kind of cover up, covering up your deep deeper anxiety depression issues or anything that you might have with retail therapy because you're just constantly impulse buying because of that and actually you just probably need therapy I'm not laughing about that because my god I've had my fair share um over the years for for bits and bobs and I'm I'm kind of happy to be open um, about that but straight away I really like felt a link with this and I sent Laura like a bit of a voice note um just gonna mention my childhood slightly I did feel very um depraved I went without quite a lot um as I grew up with my mum and my stepdad um I did feel like the odd one out had two other sisters um and for various reasons that I won't go into definitely felt like always the odd one out and was definitely the person that didn't have a lot like I had to like buy my own deodorant and I'm talking I was like 11 12 that I bought my own deodorant I bought my own school uniform I had a paper round and I got very minimal things um it wasn't until I literally left my uh, mum's house when I was 14 years old I went to live with my dad and I left with the t- literally the saying is the t-shirt on your back I left with the t-shirt on my back it was a it was a fake Von Dutch one <laughs> Let's just, let's just have a lol about that it was a fake von dutch t-shirt and i had a real von dutch hat a real hat fake t-shirt my dad if my dad well my dad will listen he loves this podcast my dad will laugh listening to this and i literally left with nothing um i never got anything from that house which is crazy i grew up in that house for 14 years um, and then obviously as soon as i moved in with my dad i was showered never never spoiled by any means i've spoiled emotionally and with love but you know then started to build up my wardrobe we love our ian and trace um and i think since then i have had a very strange relationship with clothing materials yeah when I say materials I don't just mean like bits of fabric but I mean like it has made me materialistic and I think um you know I had a really interesting conversation a few years ago with an ex-colleague um about how actually because I went without so much I constantly feel the need and I still do now even though like I've got so much in my life to be grateful for now compared to who I was at the age of 14 I still it becomes habit doesn't it You, you want you want to buy to feel good. You want to buy like, so whether it's clothing or the new coach bag that I bought today, <laughs> Laura knows. <laughs> I literally messaged Laura this morning like, help, which bag um, for my airport bag? But I constantly feel the need to buy. It's really a psychological thing for you. And I think it, it's about empowerment and it's it's knowing. I think when you buy something, it's like, do you know what? I can look after myself and because you couldn't have what you needed when you were a child, you now know that if there's something that you want or need, you're like, well, I can look after myself. I, I'm going to have this. Um, I think that's what, like the root cause of it. It all stems down from your childhood because you buy a lot of stuff and it's oh, not expensive do. stuff. It's yeah. that feel good factor for you. It's a good job. It's not expensive stuff. I couldn't afford to do it. And I think that's probably maybe why I go so budget yeah. because I know that I'm always going to have. But it's yeah. in- 
it's interesting because like back then I didn't have much so you know in kind of my early teenage years in my 20s it was a point to prove um but now you know I couldn't be happy I've got an amazing job amazing friends family house husband like I don't need anything but I still have that need to buy it doesn't matter though if you've got all those things now because it's still a trigger for you I think that's why you like Primark so much because (laughs) you can get that instant gratification by buying something so small that you know that you want so it's like little things for you yes and I relate to it mine isn't mine isn't from my childhood but I love it it's almost like a little bit of adrenaline of buying something nice but also I love buying for other people and my mum always says to me always 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 you're never going to have any money because you're always gifting other people you're always spending money on other people and Rob says it's the same he's like oh you're too kind you you look after people too much but I get so much satisfaction from buying buying something for someone and seeing how happy they are because it makes me happy and I read a post on Instagram about this the other day and it was like you do it to feel wanted and to feel liked as if you like needed it's like verification so I always like say oh yeah that not that you're a good person but I don't know maybe it is to be a good person like is it to feel valued or to feel like that you're doing good like validate you know it's strange isn't it so I think your trigger is back to your childhood and mine is maybe feeling the insecurities that I have about myself and does it make me feel good to make others feel good maybe it's a bit of that yeah, but it's, it's definitely so interesting. interesting, and I, I, really, I really connect with that with that post. Um, and I think a lot of people will too. And I do feel like with any insecurity or anxiety, there is always a root cause to everything if you link it back. I mean, I'm not afraid to say that I have therapy. I go through therapy, and I think it's it's really helped me significantly. And everything that I'm anxious about links back to something. And like mm-hmm. really far back because like, you know what was the first time you remembered feeling this way and you can always find something so I think it's so interesting it's the same thing if you read about the psychology of fashion and why we buy why do we buy you know it's not just marketing it can be emotional it can be adrenaline it can be a need it can be a want there's so many like links to why we buy and I just find the psychology of that so fascinating. It is fascinating. And I think you're right. Like marketing, marketeers are all about making you want things and need things that you didn't maybe even think about before. That's the that's the whole point that, that you know, marketeers like reach out and, and communicate and tempt and persuade us guys as consumers which is you know that's part of what it is so um yeah like you said I feel like everyone listening will kind of look at this and go ah you know what to some it might not even be fashion there's probably like other you know if you think about fast moving consumer goods generally yeah absolutely you know people the the old saying about someone buying a a car in a mid in a midlife crisis or something like that food oh my god there's an, an app I think it's called oh what is it called and it's about actually dealing with emotions and food oh I can't think for the life of me what it's called some listeners are probably like screaming at this podcast right now it's I can't remember but but it's more about the therapy behind the food you eat and what you don't and you know there's things that I know I don't eat melty cheese I don't like melty cheese um for various reasons in my childhood love it. I love it, 
give me a give me a block of cathedral city mature cheddar the girl's happy (laughs) start to put some heat on that i'll kick off it's so strange but you also don't like burgers do you sorry asmr vom um no i don't like burgers something like noob or noosh or i don't know we'll, we'll find it and put it in the show that notes it. it's um noon noom 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 it's noon there we go we got i knew it was something like that and she lost loads of weight and it is about the psychology of eating i mean i think for those of you that don't know i have fibromyalgia and i've had it what 20 years now Mm-hmm. And when I was always struggling at school, I would always eat sugary stuff to kind of give me energy. So I'd like yeah. keep feeding myself sugar to like keep me awake. Um, and I think that's now why I'm just obsessed with with sugar, with desserts, with sweets, anything like that. I can binge on it because chocolate, it, chocolate. I know. Used to eat five bars a day, but now I've limited that's myself crazy. to two. But it's because I think I link it back to perking me up. You know, like when you get like the three o'clock slump. Do you ever do that? At three yeah, o'clock, you're like, yeah. I'm so tired. I will always root for a chocolate bar for a bit of, to, just to jazz me up a bit, you know? Uh, no, I definitely get that. Um, it's interesting going back to um, what you said just about when you were saying about you like to buy for others um, and you like feel yeah. like you need to be like really generous. And I, I would 100%. If someone said to me, describe Laura in three words, like kind or generous or thoughtful would definitely come right up at the top. You're so good at stuff Aww. like that. But it made me think back to I'm currently I'm part of um I think I've mentioned it before there's a podcast I listen to called Law of Attraction Change My Life with um Francesca Amber and I'm now part of like her book club so I pay like 10 pound a month um and she can either like do the book that's that she's doing that month and like she just records like special podcasts for you and there's a whole community of book club bitches and all this it's great um but I'm in a group with my friend Amy and uh, a lady called Tracy that I've um I've met through Amy um and at the moment we're doing a book called Get Rich Lucky Bitch um and kind of working through that and mo- she talks a lot about money blocks and like when you believe that like your beliefs about money like can influence how you spend your money how you um utilize your money um and one of the things that she was talking about in today's podcast is um looking at um other people how they spend but also thinking about like one of those blocks being you have money so you have to give it away but you feel like you can't keep that money um and I definitely feel that sometimes like if if I earn that much a month I will spend that much a month and I feel like with you like you you if you can't spend it on you you'll find someone to spend it on but I thought how interesting is that yeah that's really interesting and that's that's absolutely it it's not like I no I do strongly believe in savings though but my friend Tina always taught me spend half save half but I just like gifting things I just like I don't know I like doing nice things for people I don't know it's it's really interesting and I just like buying myself stuff the psychology stuff I'd love to look into onto that thinking about it I just remember I noticed that um I read an article about this and Lush you know the brand Lush like all the bath bomby things Uh they've removed themselves off Instagram and they don't have any digital marketing it's only store-based and I think that's fascinating and I was like how are they doing it so they had like four million followers followers or something and then they just decided you know what we don't want to do social and they put all their marketing budget into store experience which is so interesting that is amazing I will say that I never shop at Lush I um the smell when I walk past unfortunately I literally like I'm like, no, this smell is just too much. 
Um, I did go on in though to the Nottingham store a couple of weeks ago because I was getting a gift and there's, oh my God, there's, there's, um, a certain set. Is it fairy dust or snow fairy? It's pink. It's amazing. Oh my God. Yeah. I was literally like, but I was like, oh my God, I am not, I'm, I'm sorry, Lush. I think obviously you've got a real great USP. Like you've got a great unique selling point. Loads of friends, but it's expensive. It's expensive, but their perfume literally is lush. It's really nice. My friend Sophie, is my it? best friend Sophie, wears it, and it is delicious. But yeah, it is expensive. It is quite expensive. You know what? I say all of that, but I will take my hat off to them because they are always busy. Whenever you go past the lush store, they oh, are oh. busy. They are rammed. They are expanding. If if you're into that kind of stuff, though, I'm not like a bubble bath buff bomb kind of girl that that's just not me no, not. i'm not i'm a when i have a shower it's a pain in the arse <laughs> <laughs> if he doesn't watch i think a lot of it's vegan so my friend my best mate sophie who buys all her like washing stuff shower gel shampoos Mad. because it all it is vegan and cruelty free so i think they attract a certain customer but for yeah. me i think if i'm gonna have a bath I mean i'll just use the stuff from morrison's or a bit of you know a bit of bubble God, bath absolutely Radox 99p and B&M. I'm happy. I'm happy. <laughs> as long as I smell fresh. Um, but I wonder, I mean, I can see why they've done it. I completely understand as to why they've done it. But I wonder, like, what the impact has actually been. If they, I'd love to know if they've had, like, a positive impact on their business. Absolutely. Interesting. I wonder move, if we can find, it? like, their financial report. They came off. I'm sure we can find their financial If anyone report. has ever worked for Lush or currently worked for Lush, reach out. We'd love to chat. Love to know the goss. So, should we move on to a slightly deeper subject? We touched on this in our intro. Oh so, we're talking about Kanye. We'll, we'll park Kanye for now. Trigger warning. Again, we're going to go to child pornography, paedophilia, child abuse, and any kind of other surrounding topics. So, if you do not want to listen, I'll say skip on 30 seconds, but we're probably going to talk about it for at least five, 10 minutes. So, shortly after also we uh, release our last podcast, Laura messaged me to say, oh my God, Google Balenciaga, to which I saw a horrific campaign. Um, and I'm sure if any of our listeners have seen it or if you haven't, it was child pornography basically children in the latest balenciaga campaign surrounded by sexual items that is very sexualized it insinuated child abuse like bondage stuff this is how kinker we are we don't know what the words are (laughs) (laughs) it is bondage isn't it it's like the leathery things (laughs) anyway whatever it is it's the raunchy stuff but a child's holding this teddy. But actually, loads of people, I mean, it's going mental on Twitter, as we all know, and I've just been hooked into it. Um, I even started doing a bit of research today before the podcast. I'm now thinking, oh, my God, it's in my search history on my work laptop. And I'm like, <laughs> is this going to fly? Because it's not great. Don't worry, my colleague at work, Steve, his, his PhD is in porn, so God knows what his work history is like. <laughs> but he's learning a lot but there's lots of things in the campaign that people have noticed like apparently the clocks in the background say 11 10 and we all know that 11 11 is like manifestation make a wish like blah, 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 which we all do but apparently 11 10 is to do with like the orgy time and like to do with like sex and stuff what? they've got these clocks in the background with these kids and then in one of the shots there's like um a work table and it's got um like a law 
case and it's about child pornography if you zoom in you can see it and it's just like really inappropriate and Balenciaga have been back saying oh you know we just hired some props we didn't know and it's like (laughs) pun you've got creative directors you would choose every last little inch of that photograph I've done a lot a lot of photo shoots and everything before the shoot is talked about in minute detail down to the exact shade that the lip of the lipstick that a woman would wear everything is signed off and it's not just signed off by one person it's probably signed off by five or six and with such a big brand like Balenciaga it would go through such a big creative team it go the buying team would have eyes on it you know and I just think how how has this happened so the creative director is called um Den Demna Demna so he's the creative director. And the one thing that makes this a bit of a red flag for me is why the hell hasn't he been sacked? You know, if any company is facing public scandal, they take accountability for it and they fire their employees. So rightly so, racism. If somebody says something racist that's discriminating or insulting, they get removed from the business. Yeah. Why has he not been removed in such a massive company it's weird wild it's weird i mean the thing that sticks with me is the the look on those child's faces i know they're child models but why get them to look so scared and so worried it's just it's just horrendous but i just what i just do not get is that i don't know if there's like an the luxury industry or, or some retailers i don't want to stereotype in the luxury industry see like sex as like artistic and I get it I get it to a degree like the luxury industry does push boundaries in any photo shoots they do any campaigns um you know sex has been utilized a lot in in luxury campaigns but and I know like you know bodies are art and like sex cells that's what they always say sex cells but when it comes to children it absolutely does not and that's where they've crossed the line. That's where the line is. Yeah, I mean, there's rules. Like, there's the Advertising Standards Agency. I mean, that's UK-based. I'm not sure what, you know, um, where Balenciaga, but, like, th- there are rules around children. Like, I'm what some of my students at the moment are doing um, a, a planning campaigns module where they're looking at M&S, and they're actually looking at um, how they can develop a campaign that would be targeting at, um, young girls that want their first bra fitting and stuff like that but they can't obviously there's obviously so many rules around um the the campaign and imagery and using children in photographs yeah, in that kind of sense so um you know i've been uh, talking about like even i know that and my students know that how the hell did balenciaga not know that i mean my big question is where the hell were the bloody parents when the children were on set? Because if that was my child, I'd be like, sorry, I'm removing said child from this situation. Absolutely. It blows my mind. Don't care about your brand. Don't care about the pay. I care about my child's safety. It's safeguarding, safeguarding issues. If the parents are okay with that, it's crazy. The photographer that they chose, he's a bit you know, he's on he's on the dodge. So he posted a tweet. Who's the photographer? Can't think of the name, but he's had he's removed. It's not Terry Richardson, is it? Oh, I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to have a Google. But on the thirty first of July, he sent a tweet that's now been deleted, saying, "Why restrict child porn but not guns?" 
So how was this not followed up? How was this not flagged? And why did the brand choose to work with him? I just think it's all just a little bit dodge. It is. And what I also don't understand is why aren't celebrities speaking out? And this is where I think it gets really rooted because... You would think so many celebrities, so many people with high profiles would jump on the bandwagon and just say, do you know what? This is morally wrong. This is out of order. This is not how the fashion industry runs. Where's American Vogue? Where's Anna Wintour? Where's her commentary? She's, there's been nothing. And that makes me think, hmm, this is a little bit dodge. So Kim Kardashian, who obviously works for Balenciaga, she did a big... um, a speech about it you know she she had her moment but she didn't say no I won't work with them because I think I think there's a link between Balenciaga and her brand skims and some ownership there so if you look at who owns Balenciaga it's a pairing company I think they're called something like Kerrang or Kering something beginning something like that but they own um, Gucci, they own Bottega, they own Alexander McQueen, and they own YSL. So they're all under the same umbrella, technically. And the one thing this has done to me is made me think, do you know what? Luxury isn't that good, is a little bit corrupt, and I don't want to buy luxury anymore. Because when you think about it, everyone that's owned um, Balenciaga, whether it's a bag, whether it's a sunglasses, you are seeing it on TikTok of people just throwing them away and just burning it. And now that handbag that might cost two, three, four thousand pounds is worthless. Yes, it absolutely is. So really, we're putting it into a name. And why aren't these brands standing up for themselves? Kim Kardashian, was it um, not the Met this year? It was because she wore the Marilyn Monroe and fucked it up. It was the Met last year. You know, when she had the like lycra full black suit and her whole face was covered and she did it with Kanye. Yeah, yes. There's actually um, images of of uh, her daughter North in like the same suit, and they're like together. But if you do investigations about um, certain things, that whether it's the creative director or whether it's the photographer, it's all links back to abuse and how we see these people in like black cloaks um, abusing like children. And wow. now I just there's just so. Many- so many things that are messed up here that don't make sense but they're also now bringing Mark Jacobs into it and things that he said because you know I'm going off on one now but you know like the whole Wayfair gate like they're saying it's like sex trafficking moving children whatever um they're they're now saying you know they have like code words so like pizza could mean something yeah something could mean child there's um a thing on TikTok where Mark Jacobs has commented like these code words meaning like children and like sacrificing children. Jesus. Honestly, it's all just so weird. And then you think, well, is it related to the Epstein flight list and that whole thing about child pornography? Mm-hmm. And then you think, well, loads of people are saying about this whole Illuminati and people sacrifice people to get rich and famous and, you know, things that you have to do to sacrifice to get into this industry. And then they talk about the things about the red leather shoes, which is just really weird. And you think, actually, is that why celebrities aren't speaking out about Balenciaga? Because they're scared to have a voice because something might happen. I mean, you think about how many celebrities have been fine and then all of a sudden they've taken an overdose and they've passed away uh-huh. have they been have 
their hand been forced? Has something happened? I don't know. There's just too many things that are making me think there's more to this than we'll ever, ever understand. That's my run. Oh, no, I love it. I love it. But it's interesting. And there's so many like conspiracy theories. Some of this we'll never know if it's true or not. But it's so interesting. But um, no, I love it. And I think uh, our listeners will find it really interesting that we're talking about this because it's it's not spoken about enough. Um, I'm just going to root back because you you were saying about the photographer um, that was involved in Balenciaga. It just made me think about Terry Richardson. So Terry Richardson is very rarely if at all used anymore he um i remember terry richardson mostly for um the campaign shots that he did with um american apparel um and he they got in trouble using the kind of young model really young models and had them in like school outfits and stuff and it was just some of his imagery was very sexualized um and american apparel had to distance themselves from using so you know it, it just it kind of go back to that you know 10 15 years ago it was almost a bit acceptable but we were starting to get onto that cusp of like now this isn't right but i've just literally googled um terry richardson's most outrageous advertising campaigns um and there's do you remember the tom ford um perfume and aftershave she's literally got her legs open it's between her vagina i'm showing you a photo in 2007 no um yeah that's terry richardson oh I, I do remember that there's some of the others there's a gucci campaign from 2001 that i don't um i don't remember they're saying that about the stylist for balenciaga i can't think of her name i know that she's blonde um but they're saying that actually her instagram's now private but some things that she's done where she's got like teddy bears but they've got it in like another teddy bears private parts so they're using like childish props to like make it look sexual and then that's you know they've used teddy bears in this Balenciaga campaign but why has she as that stylist the creative director the photographer not been investigated if it was if it was a high street retailer they would be out they would be out right now it's weird yeah but really I'm not seeing any celebrities standing up and saying you know this is wrong I feel like the media are not speaking up about this enough yeah it makes you wonder what why they're being protected yeah and I think it's a coincidence that the creative director for Gucci just stood down like what Mm -hmm. a week two weeks ago yeah after being the creative director for seven years and we know that they're under the same umbrella as Balenciaga then it takes me back to actually Kanye has been saying he's fallen out with Balenciaga and all these things is it the fact that he might sound so out there and aggressive because what does he know does he know things that we don't know and then people are saying oh Kanye's crazy Kanye's this Kanye's this when actually things that he said Nazis you know all these things completely ridiculous should have got punched in the face for it however is it the fact that are there things that he knows that we don't know and he's trying to have a voice here I don't know I don't know I don't know if I mentioned this on the last podcast I'm so sorry if I did but I remember being at wireless 10 years ago maybe maybe not even that maybe eight years ago um and he went on a huge rant about the fashion industry then a huge rant this this is a long time ago it's when i was living in london so i mean i moved back in 2014 what was he saying i can't even remember um but it was all on the news he just went off on one he got like a weird mask on again and he just went off on one i'm sure i'll find it or put it in the show notes for people to have a look or people might have been there or remember because i'm sure it was supposed to be drake and then drake cancelled and kanye was doing the sunday so he did the saturday um but i think he was just talking about being corrupt and, and all that um 
So it's funny how it, like, you know, as I know, you know, we don't know, and I'm not, again, we're not excusing anything discriminatory that Kanye has said, but some of the stuff around the fashion industry, you know, like you said, you can read into so much and there's so much out there. We don't, we'll never know. We're just putting two and two together. We might be making five. We don't know, you know, and things online, as we know, aren't always true. So I just think it's interesting. I'll be intrigued to know how Kim Kardashian's going to play this. The only good thing that's come out of this whole process is I'm writing, um, a module for my third years for next semester and I'm basing it around Balenciaga and I'm going to get them to revitalize the brand how can they turn this around and pivot um perception on this brand they've got to create a campaign around it so I'm really excited to see their point of view and how they're going to map this out can I please come and do a guest lecture on this module yes oh my god yes definitely i'd love that yeah so that's exciting so yeah we'll we'll put that one to bed now and we'll finish on h&m i will say i think a few episodes ago that i said that i didn't like h&m anymore and i hadn't been there in ages you did i love h&m anyone from h&m head office listen to this i love you and your blazers are fantastic however they've got this weird metaverse collection that they've metaverse collection i only looked in it today on the app i think it's like 150 quid and it's really not warped but it's not your everyday wear i don't know it's strange check it out i was going to bring up the um they've done a collaboration with snapchat and they are um allowing people to try that try before they buy through using the filters on snapchat which i thought was really clever way to you know get people to try things on and promote it um which i thought was really cool and really clever yeah, I love that. Kind of utilising the metaverse to be maybe more sustainable or try before you buy. But what I was going to say is I, d- I did actually go into H&M and I bought a lovely black gilet um, and I did see some really nice stuff. And I was like, oh, maybe it's because I've been to Scandinavia a couple of times this year that I'm just like, oh, may- maybe I should start living H&M again. So H&M, maybe I'm coming back. <laughs> this is it. It's the innovation metaverse design story. I'm trying to show you pictures. I know for the people that are listening, they can't see. Get on the Google. It's just a little bit like um, get on the Google. It's just a bit out there. Maybe we're too young for uh, too young. <laughs> I wish we were too young for it. A bit old for it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say oh, that. I know. We're getting to that point. But very interesting to see how a brand is trying to utilize um, online and Snapchat and filters and and stuff to promote their product and to. Um, you know, try and maybe we've talked about sizing before, try and maybe look at how things sit and fit and you know, maybe we'll make some steps forward over the next couple of years. So oh, however, spec savers have been doing it forever where you can try on didn't know that. And I think Revolution makeup be- try your makeup on online and they put it as a filter. But there you go. <laughs> I think that's our in the know wrapped up. Okay, so our like to know today is one of my favourite brands at the moment. I just love them, M&S. I know, I know. If you'd have asked me like five years ago what I thought of M&S, it wouldn't be that great. I think they're maybe a bit dated, but I think their buying team are absolutely smashing it. Um, And I really like them. And what they've done uh, this Christmas is they've done a 12 Days of Christmas, which I think is super cute. So if you have the M&S Sparks app, um, every day they give you an offer or something. So on the first day, I got a free bag of like chocolate coins. Cute. And then you get like discounts off food. We get 15% off their clothes. You get free little bits, whether it's electronics or different departments. And I think it's a really good way, quite clever, to get people to go into store. 
also an incentive to get people to keep checking the app every day. Um, and I like the fact that they give little things away. So I think everybody gets different rewards based on, I guess, how much of a loyal customer you are. Or I saw somebody on Instagram today say they got a free bottle of gin, Ooh. which I thought was cool. But I haven't had that offer yet, which is upsetting. Maybe it's on your algorithm, based on your algorithm and what you're looking at. I mean, I've only got the Sparks app maybe a week ago because I heard about this 12 Days of Christmas. I always just go into store. Um, but I think it's a really good Christmas incentive and I think it's a nice way to kind of give back. But also, as I said, great because it's like cost per basket, it's adding more things in, it's getting you into store. You might want to think, oh, I'll go get my free chocolate coins, but I'll also go and get a meal deal. Yeah. I'll go and get this and I'm out of meal. And so it's quite clever, but um, I love M&S. Fair enough. I know you don't feel the same. Uh, I just, I just, I, I think it's probably cost. I just don't, you know, I do like some of the food. Oh my God, I love their tomato, uh, sun dried tomato and mozzarella balls. I do love the food. I love their raspberry mojitos. Oh my God, the prawns. Oh my God, the prawns. I'm, I'm an MS food gal. I think the, the clothing's a little bit too expensive for me. But yeah. I do like I do like this initiative. Um, do you have to pay for a Sparks card? Nope. It's like a loyalty card, like a Boots or a Nectar like a club card. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, well, I, I've actually recently signed up to have a club card because my li- like my nearest petrol station is Tesco, so I'm actually starting to use it. So it's really good, isn't it, to see like good CRM, so good customer relationship management as part of, part of marketing roles, just doing things to, like you said, incentivize people, and and obviously it will, you know, it keeps them in, in, in the forefront of people's mind, especially at this time of year when you gift giving. I think there's always sure. there's always something in MS that you could get someone, whether yeah. it's a bottle of gin, whether it's a nice scarf, whether it's uh, some smellies, you know, there's always something in MS. So kudos to you. I also think that because of the cost of living, which we don't seem to go in episode without talking about, but I think because they are one of the I guess, more expensive supermarkets, maybe they're just conscious that they need to give back and they need to offer these discount codes to ensure that they they have a returning customer and they don't lose that. So interesting, but yeah. Yeah, people might have made that decision to to go to Aldi yeah. as opposed to M&S. Absolutely. Where it keeps people coming back, like you said, so. Yeah, for sure. Fabulous. So that is our Like to Know This Week. So thank you so much, everyone, for joining us for our little Christmassy end of year. We will now not record until January because, as I said, I'm going to be in Mauritius having some time off and we're going to enjoy Christmas and New Year. Um, Laura's first Christmas as a married woman and a senior lecturer. It's so cute. I know. Very exciting. It's going to be great. So we do hope that everyone else has a lovely Christmas. Yeah, we do. Make sure you wear your uh, elasticated waistband trousers for Christmas dinner. Overindulge. Watch all the Christmas. Feel festive. And we will chat to you and look forward to speaking to you in the new year. If you fancy giving us a little Christmas present, please, will you just take five minutes after listening to this? Just give us a give us a review on iTunes. Give us a five star on Spotify. Um, download, subscribe, send it, send it to someone else. It's the season of giving. If you think there's someone else that like like to listen to our and and find out about us and what we talk about just give it a share it means so much to us that you're you know doing this and supporting us we can't thank you enough so we wish you a very merry christmas and a happy 2023 bye 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 yes who's back 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 again we are back 
All I want for Christmas is an episode of Pasha Day. All Grey's Anatomy. Yes. Okay. Thank you for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on your podcast app.